Ballet Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go and buy Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. I remember we couldn't remember the word for table. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. welcome. Oh. Whoa, is that like when we get a budget and we suddenly have an actual proper yeah, theme and everything? Yeah, when we have a band leader that's going to sing us on every week. A, li- a live band in the corner of the Rock <laughs> America studio. Exactly. Fabio will love that. Oh yeah, they're just going to do songs from burlesque. Welcome to burlesque! <laughs> every week they're like, can we change it up? We're like, no, just do Sex Express, whatever it's called. Speaking of which, what? Did you see that weird that weird video that that got sent to us that we put on Instagram? That insane oh, yeah. Mora from Love Island selling Anne Summers underwear doing a burlesque parody in 2021. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah, it's Mora from Love Island selling Anne Summers, like her Anne Summers range. And it was themed and it was hers doing Express for burlesque. Which is a, in terms of clearance, clearance nightmare <laughs> performing yeah. that song. It works like we all know from the Pixie Lot episode. Yeah. Those songs are like, got a lot of rights issues. But yeah, she managed to get it. That's like, that's why I said it was definitely cooked up in the You're Welcome America lab because it involved every element <laughs> that we loved. Unless she'd actually also set it like at the millennium. That was the only other thing that was missing. During the, the countdown to the millennium. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, oh. good for you, Maura. How are you, babes? I am great. <laughs> I don't know why we always laugh when we say that, but I am. I'm doing pretty good. I feel like right now, obviously, we're recording this on a Monday, Mm -hmm. a Monday evening. Mm -hmm. And the UK has, you know, today been rocked by the Meghan and Harry interview. Yes. Oprah. So have you watched it? I did. I actually wasn't going to watch it. And then because of peer pressure from the group text chain, I ended up watching it. Thoughts? Well, first of all, my thoughts were, my God, it's hard to watch television in America if you don't have all the right things set up. I, I I tried to go on Paramount Plus. I couldn't find it. It wasn't on my direct TV. Oh, I it was watching... only it was only on Paramount Plus live through the CBS thing. Oh, I know. I've just well, had a text, and about I had that. direct TV. I have direct TV, so I was like, oh, I could just watch it on that. And it had the page for it, but no, like there was just no box to click, and I don't understand yeah. why I didn't have it. I ended up watching it on CBS.com. Yes. I, I didn't even know what was going on. But anyway, first of all, Oprah's glasses, loved them. Yeah. I also saw a great tweet today talking about the strong pigmentation of Oprah's purple eyeshadow and how it was like quite something to be mm. beholden. Oh, lovely. So obviously it was some quite dark stuff being discussed, but there was that moment that she said she did go just straight to HR. And I really, I want to know what happened. Linda in HR, do we yeah. think? Mm-hmm. And then my thought was they were just kept, they just kept sending Megan to voicemail because they were having like office drinks on a Friday. <laughs> they were like, oh God. Oh, Susan's leaving, so we're going to have a Colin the Caterpillar cake and a nice little glass of Prosecco. Mm-hmm. They're like, Megan's calling. It's like, it's Friday at four o'clock. Like, <laughs> send it to voicemail. We're having some drinks. <laughs> That's my idea of the royal PR HR. HR department. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I would like to bring up um, Harry's shoes. Okay. Do you notice his scuffed shoes? I did They're very, like... He clearly has like had them since his time in Eton. They're very like, oh yeah, I'm really, I'm really wealthy and really rich, and I, I just I love these shoes and I wear them until they're dead, and then I buy another pair for ten years. It's very that. Well, I have some grave, grave concerns about Harry and the kind of 
the climate. And he's not, he is not cut out for the California sun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you're right. I was thinking I would love it if he trimmed his hair properly. And it was, you know, he's, he's balding. Yeah. We all are. And um, I would love it if he trimmed his hair, but actually then he would have more exposure to the sun. Exactly. He's on that Santa Barbara beach. Chilly this time of year in the summer, however. I just feel like the Montecito sun is going to be baking down on that ginger skin and he's just, it's not going to be good for him. He's got to be really careful. I just hope Harry's got like a high SPF daily moisturizer that he's going to be putting on, on top of the factor 50 that he's going to have to wear just every day as a part of his routine. Also, I'm concerned he's not going to have that built into his routine already. You know? And then just thinking actually back to Montecito and back to his shoes, they do not have a grip on them. That's a real like <laughs> leather soled shoe. Yeah. So if he's like climbing down those Montecito rocks onto the beach, yeah. he's going to struggle. Yeah. Although don't you think he's just, oh, can't you just imagine how many pairs of gross flip-flops Prince Harry has? Cause it's very like him at him and gap year. Exactly. Him in South Africa. Exactly. Cause I don't know. Did you spy that little bracelet that he was wearing as well? Oh, he loves, it was, tra- he it loves was, a travel bracelet. Yes. It was very like, Oh, I picked this up from a little market. It's like, no, thank you, sir. Yeah. You're Caucasian. No one needs to see it. All to say we, <laughs> we support Megan. We love the idea of a young woman of color just taking on the crusty old monarchy. So good old, good old Meg. Yeah, good for her. Could have done with that her comparing herself to Ariel from The Little Mermaid at the end. That was a misstep, but everything else I agreed with. I agree. That was, that was, yeah, that, it got too American there for yes. me. Oh, she 100% Googled him and she shouldn't have said Ariel from The Little Mermaid. They're my only problems with her during that interview. Yeah. I loved, I loved her dress. Now we shouldn't talk about a woman's looks just because that's what we're doing, but I loved, the, I loved her dress and I loved those two wispy pieces of hair that were blowing in the Montecito wind the whole time. Great, great, great heels. Lovely pair of lovely heels. heels. Also, lovely outdoor rug in that area. Lovely outdoor rug. I mean, how many meetings were there about the rug, I, the two chairs, <laughs> yep. the plant, the plant which was angled very specifically. <laughs> but hey, um, if we're talking about a woman's um, appearance, let's talk about Harry's a bit more. They are a very attractive couple. Yeah. They yeah. really are. Yeah, he, he doesn't look young and sexy anymore. He looks kind of old and sexy. <laughs> a very strange observation to make because he's he has just got older. But, but but my issue is I do then think of Charles and I'm like, are you just going to turn into Charles? Well, no, because that's not his dad. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, and moving on. So before we get into it, we should tell everyone what this, what this podcast is about. If mm. you're new, welcome aboard. Hi. We're doing it. Hi. That was a formal hi. <laughs> um, in every episode, we take a British pop culture topic, we discuss, dissect, and we work out the US equivalent. And then we do a US pop culture topic, discuss, dissect, what's the UK equivalent? And that is our show. Also, we should let everyone know we've got two more episodes of Drag Race UK, we are recapping Drag Race UK on a podcast called Drag Race Recap. <laughs> We've got two more episodes of that. Give it a give it a Google in the pod shops. You'll find it. Uh, yes, and enjoy. we also have coming up soon another another installment in our amazing series Your Welcome America Presents, which is a spin-off which we actually do on this same feed where we kind of deep dive into a very specific tv show so far we've done totally scott lee and the show girls allowed off the record yeah probably probably launching that in april <laughs> i feel like an april yeah. launch yeah april sure launch. <laughs> yeah why not shall we do some feedback yes okay i have some feedback from david on instagram david m i can't pronounce your last name i'm very very sorry so he actually got in touch to let us know that he ended up ordering actual 
bags of Walker's crisps, uh, Worcester sauce flavor and pickled onion to get delivered uh, to him in Dallas. Oh. And I had some questions for him saying, because basically there's a Worcester sauce, a Walker's Worcester sauce crisps shortage in the UK. There is. My mum was trying to send them to us. And he just said he looked it up on Amazon and got um, the, all these bags delivered to him. And he basically said that he took them to his office and everyone passed on the pickled onion flavor. But he said that the Worcester sauce flavor went down an absolute storm. So they're all very impressed with it. So we are actually influencing people who do not know us in real life to buy Walker's Worcester sauce crisps. And we still do not have a brand deal. Dal- so Dallas work culture snacks. Great <laughs> yes. on it. Jesse actually tried the pickled onion monster munch. Wasn't so into it. There is definitely like a dill reference, I would right, say, right, for right, the right. US. Right. Which is weird because I would refuse to eat a dill pickle chip over here, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, but you're difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm fun. <laughs> I'm challenging. Um, and then David also has a great kind of a bit of question for us. So he actually has also been listening to our Drag Race podcast where we were talking about tastes on Drag Race UK, uh, where she was kind of talking about beans on toast. Mm -hmm. So he says, okay, different one of your podcasts. After Drag Race UK, I had to get beans on toast. I'm sure there's some US equivalent of a redundant stack of carbs. I haven't tried it yet, but I have the bread, the butter, and the special type of baked beans. And then he says, and I assume the mayo that Dawn French suggested as the salad spread. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack Essentially, I feel like you're asking us, what is the US equivalent of beans and toast? And I have an answer. Oh, what is it? I think it is from the box, Kraft mac and cheese. Okay. Same kind of comfort level. Yeah. Warmth. Legendary, classic, iconic. Well, I'm a little worried that he's taking everything that happened on Drag Race UK quite literally, though, because he's also said, I also got the ramen noodles to try on bread that Taste suggested. Oh, that was... Now, we need to... That was super noodles on toast. That was super noodles. So I think Taste was saying on Drag Race that she had a pot noodle sandwich, which is insane. And British people don't do that. That's too wet. It's too, too wet. wet. It's too wet that you shouldn't do that. And I just... I, I Essentially, what you're saying is you're going to eat, like, instant noodles an instant instant noodle sandwich and i don't think you should do no, it uh, i would say a super noodle sandwich is fine that could work yeah well i guess you could take you could you could make a pot noodle and then you just take the noodles out of a pot noodle and have that in the sandwich because then you're not then you've got all the pot noodle water left and you could just drink that <laughs> in the side and like then you a could chaser yeah exactly you could do that like a shot of like weird chicken stock flavored thing it's all we're trying to say essentially david is beans on toast absolutely go for it try it be careful with that kind of noodle sandwich you're going to make. That's not a British thing. That's a, the words of a crazy person. Yeah, worried about that. Um, we've had Mr. Danny Lucas on Instagram just commenting about a Rachel Stevens episode. Love, Rachel. That was it. <laughs> we, love, we love comments like that. Do get in touch on our Instagram. You're welcome, America. We've also had an Apple Podcasts review. We love these. Please do these for us. We love it. Someone called Kate Loper, and the title's just, hi, babes. She's given us five stars. Correct. Correct answer. And she said, so many times I've wondered where I can get the tea on UK references, and it's just an added bonus that I love Ben and Fraser, and that it's queer as fuck. Thanks, babes. <laughs> we are queer as fuck, queer aren't we? Queer as fuck. Thank you. So I've had a, well, actually, this is from Killian, Killian McNally, who, he's the one that sent us the Mora uh, burlesque clip but he also had a great question based off the back of the rachel stevens episode Uh oh he said um something for us to brainstorm so he said if rachel stevens is the uk equivalent of hillary duff what would her clothing line be called because hillary's was called stuff by duff oh um (laughs) rachel's rags (laughs) rachel's rags (laughs) done (laughs) 
Rachel's rags. There we Rachel's go. Rachel's rags. Uh, we've had Tonring and Instagram get in touch. He said, great episode about the, the last one. But when are you releasing your Welcome America playlist on Spotify? Showcase the songs of all these classic ladies you've been discussing each episode. It would be iconic. Well, it's out there. It's on Spotify. Yeah. If you, where do you find it on Spotify, babes? Mm, I I think you type in your Welcome America and then our podcast will come up as well as the Spotify playlist. playlist. But we've done a very fun, colorful cover for the yes. Welcome America Spotify playlist. Yes, so and we'll, an be, we'll be Instagramming a link to it after this episode comes oh, out. lovely. I've got some great plans. Promo. Um, we've also got Dean Barney in UK. In reference to Rachel, I always found her too insipid. Oh. Even LAX could have been a better song if performed with more spunk by, say, Kylie, Jerry, Britney... Rachel always seemed a bit milk toast slash Louise Redknapp for my taste. Then he just says, I hop heaven. <laughs> well, I, I understand where he's coming from, but obviously as proven by this podcast, I have a lot of love for very kind of gentle personality, beautiful, you know, UK white chanteuses from the early 2000s. Your Louise's, your Emma Buntons, your Rachel Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> safe, safe and comforting. Anyone whose vocals are like, Love it. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot to actually add a little extra from Killian. He wanted to um, have a kind of just an ch- informal chat with you, even though he's not here about the fact oh. that um, even though Britney might have passed on Sweet Dreams My LAX, she used the ribbon choreo during the Piece of Me residency so during uh, Oops, I Did It Again. She so she did. definitely influenced by it. She's on it. He said that Richard X really crushed Jerry's dreams with the same vigor as a swan's neck. Oh, oh, tie have... it all together. Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Imagine how much funnier it would have been if we if the fight was over the top 30 hit Funky Dory. <laughs> BTW, that song was written by David Bowie. Funky Dory. What? Oh my God. Oh God. Well, this, her, that discography is, <laughs> for something so beautiful and beige, it is fraught with issues and, and madness. What's your swan neck update for me? Oh, no, I had, I've heard from multiple sources from Norfolk that they were also told a swan's neck will break your arm. <laughs> so it must be very Norfolk specific. Norfolk folklore that you've all been, <laughs> I don't know, chomping on. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of folklore, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going off, off script here, but... The a source that will remain anonymous for this because he told me he was too embarrassed told me that, and this is an Irish person, that he genuinely thought that Fields of Gold was an old <laughs> Irish like folk song because he kept hearing Nadine singing it on different Irish TV shows. Like an old Irish ditty. Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, oh, and then I Googled it and realized it was just a song by Sting. <laughs> Sting, right? Eva Cassidy? I don't who know. Knows. Who cares? Uh, so we've got a so we've got some audio feedback. Oh, whoa. Is, is it Laura York? It's actually not my mum and it's not Michael. This is actually someone who does not know us. Who okay, cool. to the show. Like let's, an actual let's true hear, listener. Let's hear your voice. Not someone we've like forced into doing it. So this is from uh, Canon You Believe on Instagram and he's left us this note. Hi, so I'm just listening to the Rachel Stevens episode. Um, just wanted to say, I'm fairly sure, but well, I was fairly sure that the instrument at the beginning of Natural was actually a core anglais, but it might be an oboe. But it's sampled from this piece of classical music called Pavatin by Foray. And I feel like it was at the time when loads of other people were sampling uh, music, uh, classical music and using it on pop songs. And the other thing I wanted to say was, I absolutely love... Um, Sweet Dreams by LAX. And my favourite thing about it is that noise that is used, which almost sounds like someone bouncing a ruler. You know when you used to, like, bounce a ruler, like, on a table? It used to be, like, kind of sound. 
love that in it. <laughs> Which, first of all, Coronglay, he's right. Yeah, that's Coronglay. That is some high. That's some high low feedback. That really is. Yeah, Coronglay in a classical piece, and then the sound of a ruler twanging in Rachel Stevens' "Sweet Dreams" my LAX. Wasn't there a thing in school where if you twanged your ruler, it could break? And wasn't there like shatterproof rulers? That very much shatterproof rulers. Yeah, actually, also. <laughs> There was a, a trend that went around my school. I don't know if this was at yours. It's kind of sexual assault, but it was fun. Uh-oh. So basically, <laughs> oh God. when you were sitting on a plastic chair, one of the things that people would do if they were sitting behind you, you know, when there's obviously like a hole in the back of the chair, the school chair that you're sitting on, mm-hmm. is that they would get the ruler and just slide it under your bum cheeks so that it kind of makes you go like, Woo! <laughs> and then obviously you do, you make that noise and then everyone, the teachers just gets really angry at you. And uh, me and my friend Lydia got into trouble for doing that to each other. Essentially sliding rulers it's under each other's buttocks, not into. Okay. I just want you to know that it's just like, it was, it was playful. It was fun. I mean, once again, much like the swan's neck, what was going on in Norfolk in the 90s? Uh, not much. <laughs> Broadland High School, not much. They built a McDonald's in the year like 1998 in that village. And we got very excited that we could get McDonald's on our lunch break. So shout out to Broadland High. Represent. Woo woo. And we've also had Kaylee Elizabeth 314. She said, long-time listener, second-time commenter here. I live in Missouri and can confirm the phrase hunky-dory is alive and well in the Midwest. <laughs> also, I was once so hungover in an IHOP, I sat with my sunglasses on, hood up, and considered laying down in the booth while waiting for my breakfast potatoes and pancake combo. And just at the end, she signs off, cheers. Oh, lovely. Cheers from Missouri. Wow. We're reaching Dallas and Missouri. I know. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Oh, and we got a, we got some sports feedback, which is incredibly confusing. Oh God, sport ball. Here yeah, we go. So this was from our episode about the Super Bowl halftime show. And this is from Erin Johnson on Instagram. She commented on the Super Bowl halftime episode. So she said, okay, bear with me. I'm, I'm going to go into a, probably a, a fugue state as I read this. Okay, cool. The Super Bowl this year was held in Tampa. It marked the first time a team playing in the Super Bowl not only played in their hometown stadium, but they also won. Where the Super Bowl is held is similar to how the Olympics are decided. Multiple cities will place a bid to host a future Super Bowl, and it's voted on by some committee. And then she says, great show as always, guys. So I just wanted to get that compliment (laughs) in there. Okay, now I actually, I didn't go into a fugue state. I understood that. So it's got nothing to do with who wins and who loses. It's not like Eurovision where they just go to that city to then play, like, play again. Imagine if the Tampa team didn't win, like, in their hometown, in their home stadium. Florida. You're just confirming that Tampa is in Florida. It's Tampa's in Florida. Oh, good to know. You're welcome. Thank you for all your feedback. Please do get in touch on your Welcome America. And, oh, you can send an email, can't you, Fraser? Yes, your Welcome America podcast at gmail.com. And it's you are, the letters you and I are not Y-O-U-R in your welcome. Beautiful. Oh, and we're on Twitter too, at your Welcome USA. And that is it for feedback. <laughs> And we are back. Okay. We do a British topic. We do American topic. Fraser, like Razor, you're up first. With a British topic. We've had a tweet. Oh, one tweet. Love it. (laughs) We've had a tweet. So we've heard from Erin Marie on Twitter. And uh, she had this little comment for us. And it's what inspired me this week. Mm. So she says, uh, I'm obsessed with supermarkets and had the pleasure of hearing your take on Iceland foods and got to shop there when I was in London for my final trip before COVID. If you could teach me about Sainsbury's for a future episode, I'd be in heaven. Well, do you know what? She's about to be in heaven because, <laughs> babes, what's your topic? My topic this week is a Sainsbury's supermarket. <laughs> and I just looked and Erin um, lives in Louisiana. 
um, uh, in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans is how we say it. It's New Orleans, if yeah. you actually Old Orleans? Correct. No, Old Orleans, <laughs> the restaurant in Norwich. New Orleans. And I just love the idea of someone in New Orleans... New Orleans. Of, New Orleans thinking about a Sainsbury's <laughs> supermarket. I love the idea of a Sainsbury's local popping up on <laughs> Bourbon Street. On Bourbon Street. <laughs> I also love the fact that just before COVID, she stocked up at, at, at Iceland. Yeah. Well, she, listen, you've got to, it's a she cultural land, landmark. You've got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I'm going to be talking about Sainsbury's supermarket. Okay. Now, this is a very special topic close to my heart because let me tell you a little something, something. I used to work there for many years. Wow. So I've got a whole lot to say about it. Insider, the inside scoop. Exactly. The inside scoop. So, oh, that was really satisfying. So just boring, boring. Let me just tell you the boring, the boring line. So Sainsbury's is the technically the second largest chain of supermarkets in the UK. However, that information changes. Like there's like a rotation. So basically it's always going between... Uh, Tesco's, Sainsbury's, and Asda as the top three supermarkets in all of the UK. Okay. Um, it was founded in 1869 by someone called John James Sainsbury's, and he had a shop on Drury Lane in London. Yada, yada, blah, blah, history, history, it became a supermarket. Got it. Whatever. It's just one of the big supermarkets in the UK. Let me tell you some little stories about it. <laughs> so, it's the year 2001, I think. 2001, 2002. Okay, you've survived the Millennium Bug. Yep. Got it. Millennium Bugs, I've survived that. Mm-hmm. I'm 17, 18. So, yeah, 2002. Uh, a little show on TV called Popstars The Rivals was airing. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Forming, obviously forming Girls Aloud. I started working at Sainsbury's. Let me tell you about what I did at Sainsbury's. Okay. When Res- I- responsibilities, uniform, the whole <sighs> shebang, okay. please. So... My first job when I got there, there was definitely, so bearing in mind, I was 18, I was studying, there was lots of young people that worked at this, at this Sainsbury's, there was a real hierarchy in terms of where you worked and what you did and what it represented about you. Okay. So when I started, I started working in the chilled food aisles, not a great, in the social pecking order of Sainsbury's, not great. So what were you doing there? Stocking, stacking shelves? I was, I was stacking the shelves of the chilled section. So we're talking your cheeses. We're talking your meats. We're talking yogurts, translation yogurts. We're talking (laughs) ready meals, you know, we're talking, but fresh, not frozen. Okay. It's very cold. I had to wear gloves. I had to go into this big giant chiller at the back and like pull out these like, what is it's very strange job where I was like pulling out these big giant like rolling cages filled with food and boxes and, you know, and I used to like use like a special machine that squashed all of the cardboard boxes. There's just all kinds of things that I could do in my life at that time that I couldn't do now because I'm too like soft. Were you, were you stacking and stocking those shelves during the daytime or was it night? This Tom- was all daytime. All I daytime. was doing, yeah, full, just normal daytime job. So I'd just be like okay. on the shop floor, just like, you know, opening up a, a thing of like petty falou and just like stacking them on the shelf, you know. But what's annoying about that is that during the day as a customer, Ugh. you're getting in the way because I'm trying to get my petty falou and you're in the way. And then I might say to you, um, excuse me, um, where are the AAA batteries? Oh, I will tell you. Let me let me tell you something. When you because it was a big supermarket mm-hmm. and you work in a specific department. And obviously a part of your training is you cannot just say like. You can't, you're not allowed to say aisle 20. You have to take them to it. It's like, it's part of the rules of oh. working at Sainsbury's. You have to take them to the product. So the amount of times I spent traipsing all over that bloody shop showing people like, <laughs> you know, oh, here's the tin openers. Oh, here's like the, you know, tin peaches, blah, blah, blah. Translation, can openers. Translation, canned peaches. Yeah, thank you. So that's where I started. Not great on the hierarchy okay. system. Now, 
How did she move on up? Well, at a certain point, there was a little something called till training. Now, this is so that, <laughs> this is basically so that when the checkouts, uh, what do they call them checkouts here? Yeah. When the checkouts get too busy, yeah. they would open up new ones and they would train members of staff who worked in different departments who could also work on the checkouts and they'd call you in as like a backup. Mm-hmm. So then I was, I was till trained. So at this point, I would run from the chilled section because my hands were so cold. I was like, oh my God, I can sit down. But how would they call you? Would they like beep you? Would oh, it would be over the tannoy okay, and it would be like, could all... <laughs> this, is a, this is a colleague announcement. Could all till trained professionals please report to tills? I've got some of the wording wrong there, but that's basically what happened. Okay. Or they would call you by name to, to the tills. And it was great. You'd get to sit down. Frozen to the tills, frozen yeah, to the tills. Exactly. You get to sit down. You could take your gloves off. Your hands weren't cold. It was just great. Now, was this an era of nectar cards and nectar points? Yes, yes. Okay. Nectar, and, and definitely, I'm so old that when I worked there, people were still sometimes paying by check. <laughs> I remember accepting a lot, of checks and, a lot of checks and not really understanding how it all worked. There was a machine I had to like put the check into and it made some electronic noise and I didn't know what was happening. Anyway... So, it turns out, this is what I discovered after working there. Fresh section, not cool. The two coolest departments you could work on were, if you were a gay man or a girl, and I'm talking teenage years, you wanted to work on checkouts. If you were a straight, attractive man, you worked in produce. Okay? What's, what's produce? Like fruit and vegetables. Fruit and veg. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone was very, like, burly, and it was very, like, laddie. Mm, and everyone like- was... Just like lugging around like trays of turnips. Yeah, just like, like big boxes of potatoes being slammed down. It was very sexy. Okay. So eventually I left the freaks in the chilled section goodbye. I was like, you can all just stay in the freezer where you belong because mm-hmm. you're all ugly and disgusting. Yeah, eat a fucking petty Yeah, exactly. Like scramble through the speciality cheeses. I'm not interested. So I moved up to Till. So there I was with all me and like, you know, one other closeted guy and just a load of girls. And we were all just like... You know, we'd sit on the tills, we'd gossip, we'd go and have our lunches together, we'd, we'd gab. Me and some of the gals would go on nights out in Norwich. Like, it was a thing. It was a scene when I first, when I first got there, because it's when I just turned 18 as well. You know, set the scene. So then what, it, what would happen then is that we would basically... Wait, <laughs> what you'd want to do is you'd want to be on either till one or till two. Okay. Because they were closest to the produce area, so that you could, like, check out the guys that worked in produce. Got it. I had a great friend called Gemma. I mentioned her before where she, she, <laughs> where she bought the Girls Aloud single and the One True Voice single from Popstars The Rivals. Oh, so she, she, can- so she, she cancelled can- out the votes. She, she cancelled out the votes. She cancelled out the votes. Gemma. She said, she's like, I can't decide. I like both songs so much. And I was like, no, Gemma. I Pick buy, one. Buy Sounds of the Underground. Yeah. And actually, we both bought them from the Sainsbury's that we worked at. And then I think we sat on our lunch break and like talked about it. She was great. I'm going to tell you about a, one of the most mortifying experiences of my life so <laughs> now you've had and this is in the grand scheme of things you've, you've had many yeah so I'm excited. This, this one's this one's not great um so i had a crush on a guy that worked in the produce department name this is future fraser i'm actually gonna bleep out his last name to uh, protect the innocent but uh you know you know who you are everyone knows who you are <laughs> that worked in that same freeze what's his name he's a great name his name is james <laughs> he worked in the produce department was still is i'm gonna say that to him even if even if he hears this still very sexy okay very sexy man you know we were all friends we'd all go out and like see each other on nights out yada yada i got really really drunk on a night out and i had his phone number oh god and i was like i'm just gonna tell him how i feel that'll that'll work 
the next day I woke up and I saw the message I'd sent. Oh God. And it's a phrase that is used multiple times in my friendship group because they think it's so funny. It's really not that bad. I basically just sent- I feel awful. <laughs> I basically just sent him a text. It just said, I'm gay and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so now anytime for some reason, for some reason, I don't even know what context we use it, but we all the time, we're just like, oh my God, I'm gay and I love you. And we just say, it's just so funny. I was How did you mortified. Feel, oh my God. Waking up and seeing that text and your, your Nokia 5110. Yeah. I was mortified. I think I, I, I don't even really remember. What like, was the fallout? Did he reply? No, he didn't reply. And then I remember being like going to work and obviously going to the checkouts and being like, I don't want checkout one or two. I want checkout like 50. That's like right at the other end of the store so that I never have to look at him ever again. And I think we all just like, because we were so young, you know, when you're young, you don't really, you're not mature enough to be like, let's have a conversation and like, make sure everything's fine. But then what I will say to his great credit, at some point during the awkward time, he was just like, it's completely fine. Like, I don't, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not gay, but it's fine. And like, he's like, we can continue to be friends. He was very gracious about it. Oh, and, and very lovely. James and uh, yeah, to this day, I still would. <laughs> Yeah. To this gay, you're st- to this, uh, to this to day, this you're gay. still gay. <laughs> and you still love him. I'm gay and I love you, James. <laughs> still still applicable in <laughs> 2021. This all happened because of a little place called Sainsbury's. Beautiful. Now, I've got some more information about my time working there. A uh, question for you. Uh, yeah, go for it. In the hierarchy of... <laughs> Sainsbury's. Oh no, well, oh, no, just of UK supermarkets. Where do we think Sainsbury's lands? Because I feel like Tesco is the equalizer. That's kind of like... that's. That's the kind of the the control, yes. And then under below that would be Asda, Asda. and then you would go to like Aldi, Aldi, Little, little etc. Kind of stuff. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Tesco's in the middle. Yeah. But then Sainsbury's just above. Yes. But it's not up there with Marks and Spencer or Waitrose. No. It's 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 accessible in a way where it's meant to be that everyone shops there, but everyone that shops there slightly thinks they're better than everyone else. They don't think they're better than everyone else enough to shop at Waitrose and Marks and Spencer, so they're not full snob. But it's very like to use horrible old like UK outdated terms. It's very like upper middle upper class. middle class, yeah, like right. attempting to be as posh as Waitrose and and rich, but not being able to afford it. So shopping at Sainsbury's, we didn't, which have... is why we shopped in Sainsbury's growing up. You see, we didn't have Sainsbury's in Scotland. I remember when they opened up um, the Buchanan Galleries, uh, a mall that opened up in 1998. Shout out to our listener Erin, who's uh, loves supermarkets. I love malls. What can I say? <laughs> but at the bottom of it, they had a, a very kind of luxe Sainsbury's local, but like a very high-end one. Right. That had a lot of, um, because it was right in the center of town, it had like a lot of like, um, like pick and mix, but with savory foods. Got a lot it. of those kind of things going on. So that was my first experience of it. And then when I went to university in England, there were Sainsbury's. And I was like, what is this? So we would go to Sainsbury's and we'd buy things like, I don't know, just like weird ham and packets and all kinds of different things. But I remember thinking... Uh, weird what? Oh, like we, we got really obsessed with buying... Ham in packets. Yeah. I thought you said ham and packets and I thought this was like a Scottish thing. No, no, no. Ham and packets. Ham and packets and like little cherry tomatoes and oh, cars water biscuits and that'd be our snack. Those three things. <laughs> oh I know, very God. strange. But <laughs> I, I remember being quite, like thinking it was quite quite a thing to go to yeah. Sainsbury's when I was at university. Yeah. Particularly also because at university, everyone went to like Lidl and stuff like that. Yeah. I, at university, I shopped at Asda, but then bef- weirdly enough, before university, I was richer than I ever was as a student. So, and I worked there and had discount there. I had a discount card. How much it, did the discount taught me through the discount? I wish I could remember. 
I think it was 25% off. It was pretty good. That's great. If you're doing a grocery, although you wouldn't be doing a food shop at that age, would you? Oh, no. It was completely useless for the teenagers that worked there. But for like the middle-aged women that worked on the tills, it was great. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just talk you through. Again, this is, again, I will apologize to you, Erin, because what I'm doing is really not talking about Sainsbury's at all. I'm just talking about my life. But I've got a couple more stories to go with it. So... When I worked on the the tills, the checkouts at Sainsbury's, there was, I once got a mystery shopper and um, you know me actually, you know that I, as much as I like to pretend I'm cool and like a rebel, I really hate, uh, you know, being in trouble and going against authority. So I always thought if I got a mystery shopper that I would excel and go through the roof. Now, we used to do a shift that was called two till 10 and 10 o'clock was the closing time. And it was really rough because you started work at two in the afternoon, but then you were still sitting until at 10 at night and it was really boring. Yeah. Now I got mystery shopped at like 8.45 on a two till 10. Okay. Okay. I think I'd been out the night before. I wasn't on top form. Now, when I got the uh, report back from my boss, it said, um, it said that, you know, the person on the checkout did not look at me when I arrived, <laughs> did not say hello, did not speak throughout the transaction, didn't say thank you, didn't say goodbye, didn't offer to pack my bags uh, and essentially was a very very rude person and i got that as my feedback i literally failed it well do you want to know a fun fact i think this it was you it was me (laughs) (laughs) i think this really says a lot i used to have a job as a mystery shopper of course you fucking did (laughs) it couldn't be more you to be oh my god of course you're a mystery shopper oh it just all (laughs) makes sense i didn't know that about you genuinely and of course you were and I would, I, but I would do it for um, a car company. So I'd, go, I'd travel around Scotland buying... Oh, no, you have Test driving this. and buying cars. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. So, and then I would write up, like, really, you know... I'd write up reports, Scathing reports. Really scathing reports. And I remember I got someone suspended as well once. You'd still be a really good mystery shopper now. If anything, your powers have just grown with time. Okay. Uniform. Okay. A couple of things about the uniform... Uh, in 2020, last year, uh, Beyonce launched a range of her, like, Ivy Park, and everyone laughed at it because it looks just like the Sainsbury's uniform. <laughs> so the, the uniform now is, like, a, a maroon, um, like, maroon with, like, yellow stripes, I think, down the side, okay. and, like, yellow, like, writing on it. It just finally, I've just remembered one of my favorite stories. We also had a, oh, this is a very specific British thing to say, a cigarette kiosk. <laughs> so it was the it was the its very own counter that would do <laughs> sell cigarettes, newspapers, magazines, and the lottery. <laughs> Lovely. So actually, at a weird point in my life, I used to be able to operate a national lottery machine, which also seems insane to me that I could do that. And my favorite thing was obviously the age that you could buy cigarettes in the UK. You had to be over sixteen. Yes. Yeah, you had I to be. So. You had, yeah, you couldn't be under sixteen if you were buying cigarettes. And I was, <laughs> I was working with this very fun older lady, and this. <laughs> <laughs> this clearly like 13 year old boy came in and he was like, um, I'd like 20, 20 B&H gold, please. And this woman, she just, she was like not really paying attention. She turned around and she just went, she's like, Liam, I know you're 14. I know your mother. And he like ran out of the store and she was like, I'm going to tell your mom. <laughs> Poor Liam never got his B&H gold or whatever it was. <laughs> just love that story. Aww. Also, how weird is it that I used to be able to operate a lottery machine? <laughs> That lucky m- dip. Lucky, is that the lucky dip for Saturday? Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. Oh, you, you want to check your results? Oh, look, you won five pounds. That also makes me think that like you were running the national lottery, like the, the machine with the oh, balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, Guinevere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. In another life, 
we were TV producers on the Saturday oh Night National God, Lottery please. show. Imagine us. Dreams could come true. That's like our right. 90s selves. Have, have you briefed Mystic Meg? <laughs> Shit. No, one's, no one's talked to Mystic Meg. What are we going to do? Oh my God. Genevieve's broken. <laughs> I bring, in, uh, bring in Lancelot. Natasha from Atomic Kitten's not ready. She's not ready to release the balls. <laughs> So those are really just my musings on Sainsbury's through my eyes. <sighs> so really, all in all, again, Erin, I'm sorry. That's probably explained absolutely nothing to you about Sainsbury's and probably raised a lot more questions than it's given you answers. But that's me, 18 years old. I'm gay and I love you. We need to, we, we need to work out what is the US equivalent of Sainsbury's. Okay, so I obviously had a, a long time to think about this because we've, we've definitely, you know, we've done kind of Gelson's as, uh, you know, Marks and Spencer's, mm-hmm. Trader Joe's. We got a very specific answer for that that I can't remember. I can't remember either. So Iceland, we had one. Oh, there was a very, like a regional um, yeah. freezer store. Some bullshit. But basically, you know, what we need to find is just a very mid, mid-range mid supermarket that is... And again, I'm just going to reference LA or kind of West Coast places just so that I, I've mm. got the knowledge of seeing inside of them. And I feel like your, your Vons, your Ralphs, they're just like, they're a little Tesco-y. I would say Ralph's is Tesco. I wouldn't say Vons is Tesco. Ooh, I don't know. Have you been, have you been to that Vons? In a... I'm saying Vons is worse than Tesco. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Ralph's is, is 100% Tesco. Yes. So I actually think that even though they're in the same family, oh, oh. I think maybe Albertsons tries to be just a little bit like a little bit fancier. And it's the, and it's the kind of fancy, like imagine if you live in like, if you're like truly snobby and you live in Los Feliz, you would never shop at Albertsons. But I imagine it's like some people are like, oh, I'm going to Albertsons. It's like, oh, look, they've got this like artisanal soap display, but it's like not. It's not actually that nice. It's not actually that nice. But okay, I it's, think that's, it's I, very like in the grasp of what you kind of want to get. And also Jay Sainsbury's Albertsons, both people. Exactly. Exactly. Albert. And I can't say I haven't haven't got my my eyes on anyone that works in the produce department at Albertsons yet, recently. But yet, you know, I'm gay and I love you can be my new 2021 <laughs> pickup line. <laughs> oh, more merch, more merch. <laughs> I'm gay and I love you. I feel flushed thinking about that whole like event now. Oh well, I'm gonna honestly make sure that James listens to this episode. I think he's gonna absolutely love it. Oh, do give us some feedback. <laughs> I will. Yeah, we want direct feedback from you, James. Okay, so there we go. That was my life when I worked at Sainsbury's and the US equivalent of Sainsbury's is Albertsons. You're welcome. You're welcome. And we're back. I just bared my heart and soul for you uh, talking about our UK topic, Sainsbury's, and with our US topic is Benjamin. What do you got for me, babes? Well, do you want to know where I was last week during... A global pandemic. Ooh, somewhere safe and calm and empty. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, yes, but none of the other things. I was in Las Vegas, which is the topic that I'm going to be discussing today. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Okay, so. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Las Vegas. I was there for work. Um, I want to tell you what the whole experience was like, uh, what Las Vegas is like during a global pandemic. First of all, I had to get there. Now, because of COVID, safer to drive. I drove. Four, have you done that drive no, before? No, thank you. It's a very boring four hours through the desert. Right. And then you get to this bit where, for UK listeners, uh, Las Vegas is in Nevada, a different state that borders onto California. And at the state line, there's like this bottleneck where you have to kind of go through it. And there's a really creepy casino 
and amusement park which is shut down oh love a, love a closed amusement beautiful. park beautiful um, but it's particularly bad um on a, if you're driving out of vegas on a sunday you can get caught on that road that bottleneck outside <laughs> the border it's hot it's awful we in fact we, we did it last summer when we were traveling through and it was about 105 degrees that day and it was so busy it was so busy that people were driving off the road into the desert to bypass all the traffic <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair or safe. Well, welcome to Vegas. So, <laughs> um, I got to Vegas, uh, was there for work. I was staying on the strip, but kind of on the edge of the strip. So, in fact, I think I talked about it before the hotel called the Vidara with the Death Ray. Yes. Uh, for listeners who did not hear that last time, it was a hotel that was built in such a shape that when the sun hits it, the sun magnifies to um, a certain heat that uh, can basically burn you. So that's fun. That's where I was staying. Lovely. But it was did you fun. see the death ray? I d- well, the whole hotel. I was in the death ray. Oh, okay. Um, the hotel has no casino. Lovely. Lovely. That's so a real pro tip for anyone that goes to Vegas and doesn't want to smell other people smoking. Exactly. There's no smoking and there's no casino. Yeah. Because, yeah, ever all the other hotels on the Strip and in Vegas in general, you can smoke inside. So it just smells like the year 2001. Oh, my God. I smoked when we went to Vegas before. God, I love that. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to your trips. Oh, yeah. So at the moment, what is going on there? So bars and restaurants are at 35% capacity. Ooh. Are the casinos open? They sure are. (laughs) Throw some money on the table and roll that (laughs) dice. So I walked through the casino because my hotel's connected (laughs) to the Aria. Um, I feel like the Aria's very... Like, you wouldn't stay there when you were 21 because you might not be able to afford it. But maybe when you're like 28 or 29, you might stay there. It's like young and fun and and a bit hip. So I walked through the, the casino in the Aria. It was busy. And the way they've got it is everyone has to wear masks inside you're only allowed to take off your mask if you're actively eating or drinking. So if you're like taking a sip or whatever, but you can eat inside. Yeah. And all those you, things. And people are constantly drinking in Vegas. Oh yeah, they sure are. So you can gamble, but all, if you sit down at, what is that blackjack table? I mean, I don't understand gambling. <laughs> I think you just called it a blackjack table. Blap, if you sit down at the blackjack <laughs> table. The flapjack table. The, fla- the flapjack table. <laughs> you just gamble in flapjacks. <laughs> But if you sit down at any of those places to gamble, they've got plexiglass up around you and in front of you. So you can then just put your hands through to like use the cards and all that kind of stuff. Right. Super safe. Yeah. Oh, also actively eating, drinking or smoking. You're allowed to take your mask off for for smoking. Oh, so so they don't require you to smoke through your mask, which seems like a great idea. (laughs) Little hole in the middle of it. (laughs) Um, I also, on my day off, when I was finished um, on the job I was working on and the day my final day off before I was leaving. And just to say, I was uh, tested, our kind of, our work group were tested three times that week and we were separately on a a set, whatever. But after all of that was done um, and I wasn't going to be working anymore, I did go to the pool on Saturday, the Aria pool. Mm. I I received a picture from you. Saw a little picky. (laughs) Very intrigued by the tattoo on that man's back. Yeah. Needed to know what it said. It it said something. So I I went to the Aria pool and the way it worked is, unless you're like paying for a cabana or whatever, which I just wasn't gonna. 
classic Vegas hierarchy Couldn't bullshit. Couldn't put that on the company card. Um, <laughs> I got like a sun lounger away from everyone else, still in the sun. And, but you, they didn't have table service. You had to line up at the bar. Everyone was very distanced though. Yeah. Everyone's very respectful. The music wasn't too loud. It was very chill. Good. So, but yeah, I stood behind a guy and I sent a picture to Fraser of just the scene. And a guy had a tattoo in the, his back that looked like a song lyric or a phrase, but it, it, it was so made up that I can't even remember it. So it would be something like walking through life takes a tumble unless you fall. And you'd be like, <laughs> right. like I think this vaguely sounds like it's a real phrase, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, there are lots of tats around the place. Oh, I love so it. So I sat uh, by the pool. I bought a 32 ounce margarita. Oof. So how would you describe a 32 ounce to the UK? What would that be? It's like a big cinema drink. Big cinema drink. Um, <laughs> I upgraded to a nicer tequila because you know, hangover wise, that's the key. And also, I didn't want to line. I didn't want to line up in that bar line again. Yeah. So you know, just had that giant thing, and so I lay in my sun lounger. Now a few times, I think three times, an attendant came over to me and said, "You need to put your mask back on because you're not actively sipping your drink." And I was oh, like, "Oh wow!" So they were very on okay. it. So people are leaving Vegas with mask tan lines. Like white mouths. Yes. You're allowed to take your, your your mask off if you're actively walking to and from the pool or you're in the pool. In the pool, you can have your mask off as well. Okay, so you could take your drink into the pool and have your mask off. 100%. Okay, fine. And Thank I God. Did. And I did. Um, <laughs> so I, while I was laying there, I was like looking around, having a little look at the scene. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. There were some homosexuals around. What? Yeah. So two sun loungers along for me two girls and a guy plonked themselves down and I was looking at them I was like they're kind of hip so I ended up striking up a conversation with them okay they were from we're both masked while we're all we're all masked while we're chatting and they were two sun loungers away well they better be otherwise I'm calling the police exactly the aria well the aria cops were going to come in um they were from wait where were they from Missouri 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 so having a lovely chat to them we talked about Drag Race, you know, the gay unifier. Perfect. They said that they just wanted to like get away for the weekend and the temperature had been so bad in Missouri, but they were being very responsible. Meanwhile, there's some gays in the pool snogging. What? They, they were clearly like they knew each other. They hadn't like just met the gays in the pool. How dare they? Know, very homosexual. Public displays of affection yep. between homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? I, I thought Vegas was literally where straight people just go to like be the most disgusting people they can be so thank god i know thank god there's some queerness also coming in. when i walked to the pool actively walking to the pool without my mask actively walking to it um, what does that mean you're like you have to be sprinting full pay full pelt like sprint yes just looking active um i walked past um a, a day bed that two women were lying on and they were like really like your sunglasses but not like in an annoying way. So anyway, that was my experience in Vegas during a pandemic. Food-wise, it was a nightmare. You couldn't order room service. You, you, any food you ordered, you'd have to like order via an app, then go pick it up and they'd give it to you prepackaged in a bag with way too many plastic forks. <laughs> so a lot of that. Very that. Yeah. That, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of like branded, um, in the hotel, you could, they gave you like branded face masks and branded like hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff. Lovely. On. So anyway, what a depressing souvenir of the pandemic you've got from that <laughs> for a, for a lifetime of memories. So that's Vegas during a pandemic. Vegas normally is very much for our UK listeners and just for our listeners in general. It feels where people go to misbehave, particularly if you're of the straight persuasion. Yeah. In the past, we've gone for concerts, 
for your 30th birthday. Yeah, we've definitely touched on that trip a few times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've got our grubby little hands on that story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people kind of go there to go crazy, have fun. It's all centered around the Strip, which has many different themed hotels. Tell me about the different hotels you've stayed in in Vegas over the years. I've only stayed in Planet Hollywood because I've only been to Vegas once what? for my 30th birthday. Yeah. You've only been to Vegas once? Yeah, because by the time I moved here and this would have been the time, you know, last year was about the time where I'd lived here long enough where we, you know, we've been like, oh, let's do a trip to Vegas. And we couldn't. Oh. So that's on the it's on the docket for when this is all over. I guess we're going to take our like 40 year old selves to, <laughs> to Vegas. Let's really have some fun, guys. I've stayed in Caesar Palace, Caesar's Palace mm-hmm. before. The best part, well, Caesar's Palace is fascinating because it's actually been there for quite a long time and they've extended it so many times that it has about eight different towers of different sizes that all like dwarf the other towers. So right. everything's in a shadow. <laughs> but I did love, I sent you a picture of the statue of Caesar outside. He had a mask on. Oh God, What's he COVID like? fun. Also, one of, the, one of the best parts is if you go to the pool um, at Caesar's, there is a snack stand in the shape of a temple and they've written above it, Snackus Maximus. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Big fan. Lord. Stayed there, stayed at the Vidara, stayed at the Delano, which is kind of a more grown up hotel. Again, it has no casino in it. I've stayed at the Nomad, which is very nice. Yes. Stayed at Planet in, Hollywood. I've been to the MGM. My friends, remember my friend Shanina stayed, oh no, it's before you came. So yeah, my friends that I went with from my 30th went before you arrived, they were staying at MGM. So I had a little... A little nosy around there. I went in the Lazy River and had a margarita at the MGM. When we stayed at the Del Nuts part, it's connected to the Mandalay Bay and it's got a really good Lazy River. Oh, and when we went to, to go use it, someone, there was a woman getting out and she was just saying to her friends, you know what, no, Megan, she's, she's going to do a few more evolutions. <laughs> evolutions? Yeah. No, Megan's going to do a few more evolutions. <laughs> it's like, then, oh, so she's going to become what, like a... Oh no! <laughs> like a, a new being. By the time she's done a few more evolutions, yeah, she's gonna be able to fly. <laughs> um, we that was the trip where we saw Jayla, but on another trip we saw Cher and Brittany in one weekend, and a weekend we called the Chitney Weekend. Oh, lovely! That was beautiful. Ah, oh, see, that's the problem. I missed out on all these all these divas. I feel like uh, Vegas isn't gonna be the same by the time we can go again. Well, I genuinely was trying to think while I was there, who is left. Post-COVID, who is left that I would actually want to go to Vegas to see? Mm, that's a really good point. I feel like every diva from who's living has done it that I'd want to see. I've got the answer. Who is it? Residency of Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That'd be a really fun trip, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a really good space for them to work in as well. <laughs> are you doing art direction yeah art direction yeah. i was thinking about staging scenery yes yeah, so levels spacing yeah is it proscenium costume. art is it in the round maybe yeah probably yeah, in get the that round. plasma yeah yeah um your 30th birthday yeah that was quite quite an experience for us all yeah it was a wild ride i it was a very we spent a long time in vegas as well we were there for like a week it was uh were you yeah because you came later didn't you but we were there for like a week and overall and it was too long but mm. i also at that point that's before i realized that i was going to move here so i remember kind of saying like hey look if we're going to do it we might as well just do it once and really experience it and we made the concerted effort to see every single pretty much every single hotel on the strip we were like even because we just like walked into them because we wanted to like see every because it's so heavily themed yeah and there's some real ropey ones out there. The one Camelot, is it called Camelot? No. What's the like the night the night one? 
Oh, yeah, I can't remember. Lancelot, Camelot, Something Round like Table, that. King Arthur. White Castle? No, no that's the Burgers. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Knight's Revenge, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that one was the ropiest one. And then, yes, I think I've definitely talked about this in the podcast before, but also very stressful was New York, New York, because it has that roller coaster that goes outside. Oh, I've been and... on that by myself before. <laughs> well, we went on that the day after heavy, heavy drinking. And like, we went stupidly, obviously in June when my birthday is, and we went on that at like midday. So we were kind of indoors in air conditioning being like, oh God. It's got on the roller coaster and obviously, you know, starts off indoors. Then all of a sudden, we're suddenly just in the dazzling lunchtime, midday Vegas desert sun. And like as it was up the hill, all of us were like, woozy, woozy. I want to give a real shout out to the Luxor Hotel. Oh, the Luxor's right up your alley, isn't it? Yeah, it's built in the shape of a pyramid in 1992. It has a light at the top of it that was so bright that um, flies and different insects would breed beside the light. And it was so hot that a new type of fly um, <laughs> bred there and like was created because the light was so strong. Oh, that's the most disgusting Vegas thing I've ever heard. Yeah, but, but it's fallen kind of, you know, it's fallen a bit off the map in recent years in terms of, I don't know, being the hotel to stay at. So they had to downgrade the light. So it's now like energy, energy efficient. They dimmed it. Yeah, they dimmed it. <laughs> but there's a, sh- there's a really great documentary on YouTube all about the building of the Luxor. And they say things like, never before has mankind built such a structure. And it's like, well, no, except the pyramids. <laughs> like, they literally have, <laughs> they literally in, have. in much more difficult conditions. <laughs> and it's all these people. Far difficult materials. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these people talking at great length and real passion about the design of the hotel. And they call the design, um, like we've created a whole new design aesthetic for the hotel. It's called Crypto Egypto. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's the thing about Vegas. It's so kind of, it's such a uniquely American thing to go somewhere with no culture and no history, pretty much. And for that to kind of almost be its own culture and history. So, like, I think of Vegas as very glamorous for that reason. Because it's like, it's Vegas. Like, we've heard about Vegas our whole lives. And you grow up hearing about it in, like, movies and stuff. But it's, like, actually a pretty grim, it's like a pretty grim place. Oh, but, it's so grim. But, like, there's just something so exciting about it when you're there. I think it's also just because if you're from the UK, you've never seen something of the scale of it. I think that's what it is. That's so overwhelming. Everything you've is just never seen. So building so big and you've never walked so far in your entire life. It reminds me of being in Berlin when there's all the kind of the Hitler built architecture that was designed to be so big that it made you feel as a person really tiny and inadequate. <laughs> that's what the buildings of Vegas are like. They're so just out of scale and oversized yeah. from my bedroom. When I was there for work last week, I sent you a, a video but when I went to bed every night, I'd be like lying in bed and I just hear like kind of kind of roaring noises. And it was because the Bellagio fountains were outside my window and they were just exploding like every 30 minutes. And then the Eiffel Tower in the background as well. <laughs> Those fucking fountains. Oh, God. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made in Vegas was me and my friends thought it would be a very good idea. We were walking along the strip and we were like going in and out of all the hotels. We we're like, okay, we'll walk back to our hotel, which was basically, I think we had to pass through like one, two, like four or five hotels and probably cross cross the road cross the strip no 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 we were literally like walking through the hotels to get to our one like you could walk in like almost you could almost stay inside the whole time but you had to be outside for some of it and we were like let's get a drink for this because that's the other thing in vegas everyone's drinking on the street yeah those giant yards so we bought yardstick we bought a yard of we bought a yard of frozen margaritas you were one of those well yeah yeah because we were tourists so <laughs> I wasn't some like, you know, US resident like I am now, you know, attending there. 
So we bought a yard of margarita, frozen margarita. And I remember we were drinking it as we were walking along. And I just remember, like, it was almost like I was, it was like I was dying. Like, oh, I was drunk for like five seconds and then I was dead for the rest of it. Like, I just, I was so woozy. Oh. And we were like having to walk on the street at some point. So it was like midday sun. And it was just like, ooh. All I can remember is that we drank this yard of margaritas and then all of us got back to our hotel and immediately just went to bed. <laughs> Did you use the yard as like a walking stick to like yeah, help pretty, you? pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. There was, it's a really tough place, even though the whole culture there is built on drinking and having fun. It's also a really tough place to be hungover because it's all lights, bells, whistles, noises, smokes, cigarettes, <laughs> drinking, shouting. Now, this is really dark and it's actually not that funny, but at any point did anyone make the joke come to vegas and you know gamble with your life <laughs> oh no but that should that should be the that really should line. be their covert tagline yeah oh uh, so that was vegas that still was there it. still there <laughs> guys it's still there can you believe it it's still fucking there and people are going there it gays is, from missouri are going there. and we, we were there we were there all you know like 10 days for work and the week the weekdays it was quietish that weekend i tell you what Ramped right up. Ooh, I don't like that. Ramped right up. I'm really not ready for for Vegas. <laughs> I feel like you you went from zero to like the the most you could. Yeah. Was that pretty intense? This is me just asking you, like, as a friend having a conversation. Um, Did you feel kind of like it was a bit bonkers when you first got there? I think I knew what to expect because we traveled through it for one night at the end oh, of last yeah. summer. So yeah, we, right. I kind of knew. And I always expect the worst from Vegas. Yes. So actually, everyone was wearing masks. Right. And was genuinely quite distanced. No one was no one was tearing them off and being horrific. Right. Like a, I, a colleague said to, said to me that on Saturday morning they saw there were two girls walk, walking through the hotel and they just had those yards of drinks. They right. were empty. They were wasted, and they were just shouting at the top of their lungs, "Vegas!" <laughs> but they had their masks on. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Um. It yeah. It feels in general Vegas feels like that movie. Wally, which I've seen once. You know that movie? Yeah. Wally. You know where they've like destroyed Earth and everyone's yeah. living up in a space station and all the humans are like going around in those wheelchairs, those hover wheelchairs yes. with dra- drinking giant sippy cups. <laughs> I think that space station is Vegas. Right. Oh, so that's your your UK equivalent. It's it's actually just gonna be a Pixar equivalent. It's gonna be a Pixar equivalent. No, I was <laughs> so I was thinking about it. Right. Now you touched on it before. People outside of the US and British people think that Vegas is glamorous. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can do it in a glamorous way. You can be expensive and do it all, but it's still a complete place of trash. Yeah. And even if you have the most expensive experience of your life there, you're still seeing a lot of trash. Yeah, you still are. <laughs> you're still walking in and out of a casino and someone shouting Vegas with, um, with a yard of margarita. Never forget the iconic bandage dress picture that we took at my 30th birthday. Remember? No. Come on. Do you remember there was that line of girls and they every single person in front of us, there was maybe f- like 30 women and they were all wearing bandage dresses and they weren't all together. <laughs> Do you remember that? I feel like over time that was we a like, really like, I just remember one of us took it, we were like, oh my God. It was like a literally like an invasion of like zombies all in bandage dresses. Like knockoff Hervé Leger bandage dresses. And also that was what, 2014? So it was yeah. maybe like four years after the trend. Yes, exactly. Oh, beautiful. Really trickled down to the Vegas mm. gals. Um, so I was thinking, what is the UK equivalent? And I think the UK equivalent of Las Vegas is Dubai. Whoa. Nelly. Because it's, it's, now I've never been, but from what I understand, it's, 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 
glamorous in the, middle in, of the desert. in the middle of the desert it's overblown everything's oversized everything's too much everyone's everything, straight everyone's straight <laughs> everything by law um everything's trashy you can have an expensive time there but you can have a trashy time it's almost like um dubai is the modern vegas wow what do you think about that? I think that's pretty good. I'm just, I'm, you've blown my mind. It's high concept. I was Ooh. like, it's like, I was trying to think. I was like, we, Blackpool's Blackpool. just like not, it's like, it's Blackpool's just like not got the right level of like, Blackpool has the debauchery of Vegas. Does but, it? Yeah. Oh. But I think that's like any town in the UK has the debauchery of Vegas. I also feel like mm. that's also why a lot of people, like why Americans wouldn't believe that British people would know about Vegas because we're living in Vegas like every like Friday and Saturday night is like the same level of like I'm not saying anything is the same but the behavior is exactly the same yeah in terms of like out in the street shouting in terms of like going for it yes completely losing your mind like Americans go to Vegas and lose their mind and that's it they do that once a year people in the UK lose their mind every weekend on the high street on the high street yeah being like good damn weather Norwich <laughs> screaming that instead of Vegas Norwich <laughs> and you know dun, 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 where dreams are made of there's nothing <laughs> you can do and I, when you're in Norwich <laughs> wow what do you think about that I love that I, I you know and I also on more than one occasion back in my days of Norwich I feel like I have taken drinks out of clubs even though you know and again drunk on the street not that that's sanctioned like it is in Vegas but I've definitely I feel like I've somehow walked out of a bar with a glass of wine and just drunk it walking down the street oh definitely <laughs> or or like in the uk the classic thing of when we would go remember you couldn't you used to be able to drink in like the the bus and the tube you yeah. remember <laughs> yes. that was totally allowed bonkers or remember i would just have i'd drink half a can of uh red bull and then fill up the rest with vodka and you take that on the way to the club so you could yeah. walk through the street with it yeah but i'm smart yeah you yeah, hear you, me you are smart dead smart right so the uk equivalent of vegas is dubai of course you're welcome. And we are closing out as ever with our quick game of Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we come up with British things or American things. And we say whether they are welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like them or not. Mm-hmm. I haven't prepared. I'm going to do mine quick fire improv style and I'm going to base mine all around Sainsbury's. Love it. You're going to start. Am I going to start? Uh, welcome or not welcome, Trisha Goddard. Uh, welcome. Did you did you Very see her today? Welcome. She shut down Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain today. Fabulous. She's from Norwich and used to shop in my Sainsbury's, which is why she was my Sainsbury's. Welcome, not welcome. That's a good little fact. <laughs> Who do you think the US equivalent of Trisha Goddard is? Maybe Jenny James or Sally Jesse Raphael. Okay. I feel like she was more at that kind of level with the terms mm. of the stuff she used to deal with mm. on the show. SJR. SJR or Got JJ. It. Welcome or not welcome. The phrase yonks. Oh, love it. Oh, it's been yonks. It's been yonks. It's been yonks since you've been to Vegas. Oh, do you know what? It really has been yonks. It's been yonks since I've been in a Sainsbury's. They, they definitely don't say yonks here. Because after so. after the great, you know, hunky-dory revelation of today. Of the Midwest. Of the Midwest. They know what, Maybe they say yonks in the Midwest. I feel like that's something they would say there. <laughs> Kaylee, get at us. <laughs> <laughs> it's been yonks since it's been hunky-dory here in Iowa. Welcome or not welcome. Sainsbury's improv come up with it. Fraser. Oh, I know. Pick and mix. Let me tell you a little something. I love My, pick and mix. Wait, we need to explain uh, to the US audience what pick and mix is. What would it be called here? It's like a... <laughs> I was going to say penny sweets, but no, no. that's us. Um, it's a self-service collection of candies 
that you you get that you, you dig out with spoons and you put into a bag, <laughs> like a big plastic spoon. You put it into a bag and then you weigh the bag and then you pay how much it weighs. <laughs> what? No, it's just very funny when you pick it apart like that and you think about it as if we're talking to like aliens and it sounds insane you're like you get that spoon and you put it in a bag and then you weigh it <laughs> what kind of archaic like weighing your corn at the market fucking system is that weigh your candy <laughs> anyway when i worked at sainsbury's i used to uh, just i used to this is actually quite disgusting and very unhygienic but sometimes you just put my hand in and just eat some of it as i was working pre-covid pass it and just be like oh grab a little fizzy cola bottle pop that love in a fizzy love cola a bottle. fizzy cola bottle an egg. and the cherry ones love no, an egg i'm all about the fizzy i loved anything okay anything fizzy Ooh, what else would i get in there i think you no know, fizzy an egg uh, love a cherry yeah and then but then i also would do is because when you get pick a mix at the cinema i would do uh chocolate covered peanuts and raisins and then they would because they were heavy they'd fall to the bottom of the bag so you'd eat all the sweets on top of that and at the end you had a nice little chocolate peanut raisin mix you could just oh <laughs> yummy that. put that in your little nose bag <laughs> oh i love a chocolate colored covered raisin mm, so, so good so good oh you're welcome 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 um welcome or not welcome the phrase getting dolled up Oh, lovely. You're going to get dolled up for Vegas. <laughs> it's been yonks since I got dolled up and went to Vegas. Put on your Herve Leisure. Yeah, when everything's hunky-dory, I'll put my Herve Leisure. <laughs> get myself back to Vegas, get dolled up. Yeah, no, I like I like get dolled up. It reminds me of, actually speaking of people tearing through the streets of Vegas or through UK high streets, feels like it's a very like UK, mm. it makes me feel like good times are, are coming back if you're like, oh, get dolled up on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. Get, do you know what? I'm going to get dolled up. I've got a glass of wine while I'm doing it. Oh, getting dolled yeah. up with, Getting dolled up is just getting ready. You're getting kind of... You're getting red. How would you describe getting dolled up? Yes, yeah, it's, it's like doing your glam. Yeah, getting ready. Uh, yeah, doing your glam. Doing your glam. Doing your glam. Got another, another Sainz okay. Bows inspo for us. Okay. Oh, my God. We used to sell... Oh, it was cooked crispy bacon. Wait, how... In Wait, the chilled what? aisle. It was a plastic packet of cooked crispy bacon. So would this be to maybe like crumple up and sprinkle in a salad? Yes. But they were rashes. It was not bacon bits. They okay. were full rash. You could put them in a sandwich. So if you wanted a bacon sandwich, you just would crack it open, put it between some bread and eat it. Well, I tell you what, the meal delivery place that I've been using in L.A., can get that as an add-on well like a giant tub of crispy bacon and yep. i did i did do a little reheat yeah and i put it in a sandwich and let me tell you these are the days before i was a vegetarian everyone and i used to when i worked in that chilled aisle again little pig noise i used to sometimes on my break i'd buy a little thing of just cooked bacon the and pig just, would eat the pig just sit up there and we <laughs> snuffle on some cooked oh my god it was so salty i remember that it had the you know the colors on it to describe the color like, wheel the color wheel and Full it was red red red, red salt red Fat, red, sugar, red, what? You know, mm. you know uh, milk, red, what? How's that in bacon? Just everything. Oh, welcome. Mm. I'm going to say welcome because I feel like I've done it recently. Oh, what I would give for just one of those packets of Sainsbury's but, own brand but, but cooked bacon. But you don't eat bacon anymore, do you? I uh, know, but maybe I would just for that, just mm. for old time's sake. Oh, well, how about, okay, how about this? How about... Being in Vegas, uh-huh. you're indoors. I'm dolled up. You've got, you're dolled up and you're Herve Leisure. You've got your wee sig. You've got maybe like a lovely little drink and someone comes around and shows you a, bit, a wee bit of bacon. <laughs> Just on like a platter. Yes. Someone's like, Sir, a gentleman at the bar has bought you this cooked Sainsbury's bacon. And I'll be like, <laughs> who, me? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Dream. Oh my God, imagine if it was James 
He's like, I'm also gay and I love you. And I bought you some Sainsbury's bacon and we get married in Vegas. You get married in Vegas. And do you know where it'd be a really lovely place to have like your, your reception? Top of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, stunning. Or on that New York, New York roller coaster. Well, that'd be your photo. Yeah, your photo. <laughs> Maybe a boat ride at the Venetian. Oh, James, if you're listening, I think you might be married now, but better divorce that wife of yours. <laughs> Someone's getting married to me in Vegas. In Vegas. <laughs> You're going to be doing some evolutions on that, uh, <laughs> that lazy, lazy river. river. <laughs> uh, oh, do you know what? I think we're done. Hell. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Think we're done? Got <laughs> dolled up for this? <laughs> Thank you, oh. as ever, for listening to our rambles. We, we hope you're all well out there. Yep. Do get in touch on our Instagram and our Twitter and our email. Because look... But, oh, in fact, send us some more voice messages. We enjoyed that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Oh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, do that too. Send us an email. Send us, an, send us a letter. Especially you, James. Get in touch. <laughs> Got some plans to talk about. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vegas is open. Do it now. <laughs> right. You are welcome. Bye. You are right up my street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go by Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13! I remember we couldn't remember the word for table.